Welcome to Making Bread, Making Money in the Modern Age. Now, here's your host, Matt Barkley. Welcome back to Making Bread, where we talk about all the new ways to make money using the technology of 2022. I'm your host, NFL quarterback, Matt Barkley. My guest today is a former NBA Rookie of the Year who has had his hands full recently with a number of different business ventures. He's the owner and founder of a crypto company, an NFT company, a trading card company, an AAU basketball team. I mean, come on, the list goes on. I'm excited to talk to him about how to take your abilities beyond the arena and build a brand off the court. Michael Carter Williams is here. What is up, man? Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I mean, just, you know, just grinding out here, trying to get healthy and at the same time, explore some different ventures and, you know, see what I can come up with. I love it. I love what you're doing off the court. On the court, do you still have plans to keep playing, to ride it out as long as you can? How's your body feeling? Absolutely. Body's feeling good. Uh, I'm only 30, so I got some years to go. You know, I want to hoop till the wheels fall off. So, (laughs) um, you know, I love the game. I love playing. I think I got a a pretty good mind for it. So I enjoy it. And yeah, you know, I, I plan on playing, you know, as long as I can. That's right. There's nothing like ball. I love it. I remember we were drafted to Philadelphia the same year in 2013. I don't know if you knew that. That's right. I was drafted to the Eagles that year. And we also, USC, when I was in college there, we played Syracuse. We came out to MetLife Stadium. So not quite all the way up to Syracuse, okay. New York, but we played yeah, I'm sure you did dirty. <laughs> the Orange Men. So I have a little bit of history. Did you ever play USC basketball? No, never played USC basketball. Great program, though. Never, never played. But that, used to watch you in the squad all the time at USC, man. You guys had a bomb squad. This seems like a long time ago at this point, but you play with the Sixers and the Bucks. Are you rooting for any any specific team, or do you kind of follow players and you know the buddies that you've made along the way? Yeah, um, Giannis and I we're we're good friends, so I'm always rooting for him. But it's tough, though. It's it, it's tough. We definitely he's one of my best friends, but he's playing against the home team, the Celtics. I've always been, you know, before I got in the league, I was a, a huge Celtics fan. So yeah, you're from Massachusetts, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, either one wins, uh, I'm happy about. So, but yeah, you know, it, it's nice to, you know, have friends who, who are still playing and, and try to root for them a little bit. Love it. Love it. Well, I want to hear your story. want to hear all about what you're doing off the court. But before we get yeah. to that, get into some headlines around the space with a little bit of whale watching. All right. <laughs> awesome. See what we got. All right. Italy's Series A soccer team, okay, they announced that they will be the first team to broadcast a game in the metaverse. The broadcast wow. will feature interactive elements for fans at home. So if the NBA was going to follow the lead here, what interactive features would they put in a metaverse broadcast? How would that work? To be honest, I don't know how it would work, but I think it would be cool to, um, you know, the Oculus mask that you wear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that you play games on it would be cool to put one of those on and be able to sit like courtside of the game and watch the game so maybe i don't know maybe they go in that direction you could hear obviously the sound of them calling the game but to be able to experience real live games that close would be insane that would work i know there's a company called next vr that has been doing that with kind of live features i don't know concerts the right yeah yeah and so you get yeah, to sit yeah, courtside yeah. with the you know, the headset on, I don't know what that would look like in the metaverse where it's actual live, or if you have an avatar still doing a game, I don't know. We'll see what they do with that. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Who knows? 
I saw a clip of Snoop Dogg in the studio and somehow, some way you were able to be in the studio with him while he was like recording a song like live. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, they come up with crazy, crazy things. They'll find a way to monetize it, to use it, to create a cooler brand experience, fan experience. No, for sure. Another news the Jordan brand has a new chief marketing officer, Shannon Watkins, the former senior vice president and CMO of Aflac. Aflac. Nike Jordan is obviously still the biggest brand in basketball. I, I mean, I don't see this happening, but do you see any other company overtaking them in our lifetime? No. No, it's <laughs> no, not happening. No, I don't, no, it won't happen. Not like Converse has some crazy resurgence into basketball shoes and everyone's wearing Converse yeah. again on the, on the floor? No. <laughs> Not yeah, that. I doubt it. I mean, they get they got two, they got all the big stars. So well, most of them at least. Most of them they do. Well, the great Bitcoin billionaire battles continue as Elon Musk took aim at Warren Buffett over cryptocurrency. Buffett said that if you offered him all the Bitcoin in the world for 25 bucks, he still wouldn't take it. Oh, what are we doing, Jesus. Warren? So, I mean, I just I and I think Elon too, he LOL'd at the whole thing on Twitter while taking shots at, at Warren Buffett. But on a scale of one to ten, with one being Warren Buffett and being extremely skeptical about crypto, well, Bitcoin in, in this case, and ten being Elon Musk, where you're sure it's the future of money, where are you at? I'm Elon Musk 10 all the way. <laughs> 11, 12, 13, I'm 11, 14. Yeah. I might be past Elon in, in this category. <laughs> No, nah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer. He just said today, too, that Tesla was coming out as uh, saying that Bitcoin will be a form of, of legal payment in not just Tesla's ecosystem, but just moving forward. They're very, very bullish on it. And so is he. But yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I feel him 100 <laughs> percent. I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. I'm a 10, 10 plus. All right. Lastly, a bat used by Jackie Robinson baseball bat in the 1949 MLB All-Star game just sold at an auction for over a million dollars. If you could own any piece of game-used memorabilia, any era, any sport, what item would you pick? Uh, I'd probably have to go with... Man, that's tough. I mean, the first things that pop into my mind are like Michael Jordan's first pair of sneakers that he wore. Mm. But I, I feel like if I really sat down and thought about it, I could definitely come up with, with something crazy. Like, what if it's like a, does that have to be a wearable? What if it's like somebody's gold medal? Any era, any sport. Like I've, Anything I, goes, yeah. I think of any era, my mind goes to like some gladiator sword from like the 6th century yeah, BC of, that like fought in Rome <laughs> or something. Like NFT that or something. I don't know how. It- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Muhammad Ali's gloves would be dope. Insane, yeah. Like his gloves that he wore, that would be pretty insane. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways you can go. Good call. NFT everything. There you go. Everything. All right, let's get down into it. You're doing some awesome things off the court. And as I said, we were both drafted Philly in 2013, and you were on a roll right away. You were on fire, on a tear, won Rookie of the Year with the Sixers. And then you got traded, though, just about a year later. I mean, they say sports is a business, but that kind of had to take you a little bit by surprise, didn't it? Oh, yeah, big time. You know, I, I didn't see it coming, <laughs> obviously. No. I was in there, you know, plans for the long term. You know how it is. I met with the coaches, the GMs, the owners. You know, we're going through plans of what we want for the future. 
and then I was gone. So, I mean, I, I, you know, it, I guess it happens, but I couldn't tell you. Did that affect the way you looked at basketball in the NBA going forward? Like, okay, this really is a business. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. That was a, a big awakening for me. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't see it coming. It definitely was a, uh, a big surprise. And, you know, that's when I really was like, okay, this, this is really a business, but I, you know, even, even then I I was still so young. I didn't know what to think. A 21 year old kid. I did was like got traded. And then I was just kind of going with the flow. I think a lot of athletes get caught up, not get caught up, but just that's what happens. You know, you just go with the flow and you don't really learn until later on. And you were a part of the Sixers infamous rebuild called the process dubbed the process. And for non-sports fans that we have listening, the process was, it was basically putting together really bad teams that would lose a bunch of games so they could get high draft picks like yourself. And I mean, you were on one of those teams. What what was that like to be, you know, a part of that? Yeah, it was crazy. I felt like every day I had new teammates. Actually, I remember being in the locker room and I turn around and, you know, we're playing a game in 10 minutes and I got like three new teammates. And I can remember that happened to me multiple, multiple times. Like, I think I had the record for most teammates in a year. Yeah. So it it was definitely stressful at times. I learned a lot, but it was a crazy experience. And anything you learned during that time, that season of playing that helped carry over into any business ventures that you're doing now? Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, there was ups and downs in that season. There was, you know, a lot, a lot of downs. <laughs> so, but, you know, having to control my emotions from, you know, not liking to lose, you know, I wasn't used to it. And it was deeper than that, right? Create relationships and, you know, those relationships will be gone just because, you know, people would, they would just trade people. So I think, you know, in business, things happen, unexpected things happen and you got to adapt quickly. And so, you know, in terms of adaptation towards, you know, one thing happened to the next, you know, I got firsthand experience on that. Yeah. So many people just get stuck in, you know, one way they know of doing things. And when the scenery changes and there's no adaptation, there's no growth either. And yeah, I love that adaptation. I've been in some locker rooms too, where, where there's turnover and you have new faces in every week and, you know, there's new guys. And, And one thing that I always try to tell myself is that you could always learn from anyone in the room, whether that's a new teammate, a new coworker, a meeting that you walk into, even when you're getting grilled, you can still learn from anyone around you, from their background, their pedigree, whatever their resume is, it doesn't matter. I think if you have that approach to really any situation, and now as we, you know, as we as athletes kind of gravitate more towards life off the field, how can we learn to almost play catch up, right? In a lot of these these situations, I feel like there's always an opportunity to keep working. And in your your business dealings now off the field, you're involved in in a ton of different things. Let's start with the NFT company. It's called Players Only, and you founded it with five other basketball players, including Dennis yep. Smith Jr. and Jeremy Grant. But tell me what you guys are trying to do that's different than you know what we see from other NFT companies right now. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been a great experience with us, you know, all five of us have never, you know, done an NFT project before. So, you know, learned a lot through that whole process. The thing that we're really trying to give is player engagement and experience and tell people all the time, you know, the, the regular meet and greets are cool, but there's so many other things that fans and athletes, you know, enjoy other than just, you know, kind of that monotone same thing over and over again right like i I, we really wanted to show what we were interested in outside the you know off the court and 
think that we were able to just whether it was like myself, you know, I, I love MMA and, and, and I love to watch UFC. So, you know, some of our holders are able to watch some UFC fights with me who are also interested in that. Jeremy, he loves video games. Same thing with Terrence Ross. So people got to play against him, you know, play against them in, in, in video games. So trying to engage with our holders and our fans in a, in a different type of way. You know, it's cool. Every Everybody loves autographed shoes and autographed jerseys, but I think it's cool to see you know, have people see what else we're interested outside of our sport and, you know, be able to engage with us in that. It seems like NFTs have opened up this whole new realm of possibilities for kind of an an updated fan base, an updated fan club, whether that is athletes or collectibles or musicians, bands, right? And providing real world utility for the ultimate fan, not just someone who you know, that the day of got a ticket and, and showed up or their friend brought them, whatever. But for dedicated fans who have invested through the NFT and they're all in, you know, they've bought in to the Michael Carter Williams experience, right? They, they want to be a part of everything. This this kind of provides an avenue that's verified. It's on the blockchain and it's essentially like a one of one ticket for them, right? Yeah. I mean, people, sometimes people don't understand, like people just think, you know, NFTs are just a picture and they're worthless and this and that, but people don't understand what's really behind all this, right? Like, yeah, you could have a a picture on your phone and you could snapshot it, but that still doesn't get you the experience. That still doesn't get you the utility. That's the key in all this. You know, I I think that the best projects provide the most utility and, and, and the most engagement. You know, I think that's what that's the huge upside in, in NFTs. And you see guys, you know, artists who are putting their music in, in NFTs now and, you know, they're doing different things. Like, you know, if you're a buyer of NFTs, you have a chance to win, you know, backstage tickets and or, or passes, whatever. So, yeah, on surface, it, it looks kind of silly. Like, OK, yeah, I, I own a board ape. You know, I got a certain statue. It's like wearing a Rolex on the Internet. Right. Like, yeah, there's this you see somebody with a Rolex. You're like, oh, he's, he's he must be somebody who's got money or whatever. You know what I mean? But yeah. So same thing with the board ape, it has that value to it, but yep. also people don't know what it comes with. Yeah, because you can't always just sh- show your Rolex at the door just to get into any club that you exactly. want to, right? But, I mean, <laughs> exactly. but as you know, you're you're part of the Mutinate y- Yacht Club, which is a very distinguished, probably more exclusive than Rolex owners, as I've seen <laughs> on your social profiles. But does that have any tell people about the utility and and what you besides just a JPEG that you can put as your profile picture, what else? does that provide? The first thing they provided a bunch of stuff before I even, before I even bought the mutant ape, but you know, ever since I did buy it, they've dropped a coin, which is called the ape coin. And everybody that was a holder of an ape or a mutant ape, they allocated a free amount of coins, which, you know, when you transfer it into us dollars, it's, it was a lot of money. It was like $14 a token at that time. And it's like 22, 23 now. So it's real. Yeah. It, it's real. real so, yeah. So it's a real payout. It's a good amount of money. And, and that was just for free. Right. So, you know, say it's, and we also, they also did the same thing with their land in their metaverse that they're going to be coming out with. Right. They, they gave people free land and now people can build on that land. Right. So it's almost like owning a piece of property. Yeah. You know, people are going to build things and, and sell things on your property and you get a cut of that. So there's many, many different things that, you know, you get to invite it to different events to meet holders and, and to meet people. And there's cool people behind different projects and, you know, meeting those people is, is also cool, but it's, People that invest in these projects are getting good utility, you know, back from them, not just to have the stature of, you know, I have this picture. More than a Rolex. Apes have more world utility than a Rolex. (laughs) Who would have thought? 
Absolutely. Dude, so I was reading too in a Forbes article, your involvement in a company called Wilder World, okay, about establishing a presence in the 5D metaverse. It's hard enough for me to wrap my head around 4D, okay? We've all seen 3D on the TV right. or whatever, but what's going on in the future in 5D? I honestly think that people are trying to capture that in-game experience, right? Like you always have that conversation with your friends that like, yo, wouldn't it be crazy to like actually be in a video game and playing Call of Duty, like walking around and stuff. So I think that they're trying to implement that. If anyone's ever used an Oculus, you can play different games on there where you're, you know, you're in a boxing ring and you can see your own gloves with their, you know, they all your hands and you're fighting and, and doing, you know, different things. And so I think they're trying to bring that to mainstream really right like and and just imagine right this is this is like the first time it's happened right just yeah. so, so think of playstation one of what that looked like to what it looks like now right that evolution of where that's going is going to be uh was going to be massive right and people right. think there's a a misconception of people being like oh nfts are you know it's too late for me to buy an nft or it's too late for me to get into this and that but what I always use, you know, if you go into a grocery store and you ask 10 people what are NFTs and what do they do, no one's going to know, right? So, you know, once that catches up, once you're able to go and anywhere and people talk about NFTs, and then that's where the game is, right? Like, that's where that evolution is. So people still got time. I'm with you. Does something like Wilder World and that 5D experience involve hardware, like on your body to provide like haptic feedback? Because I've seen, you know, you've seen people like wearing the Oculus or wearing a headset walking around a room. It looks like an empty room to the to an outsider. But when you put the the headset on, you're immersed in this experience that has you, you know, 360 degree. And, and if you get shot, it'll shock your system. Is that kind of yeah. 5D in a way? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Being able to feel, being able to yeah. touch, see, like, oh, like, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's definitely 5D. I've seen like, uh, Instagram posts about it, like, you know, a call of duty game where you're walking around and if you get hit, you, you know, you feel it a little bit. So it definitely, um, it's, it's, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening for merging real. the physical and the digital. That's nuts. I actually saw this video. This guy lives in the metaverse. So he doesn't take his Oculus off. Like so he, he walks around with like, with it. That's like ready player one. Yeah. Type yeah of definitely. Life. That's exactly what is this. Ready Player One is the perfect explanation of like where people in these metaverses want to go. Nuts, nuts, nuts. Okay, so you've been in the NBA for almost a decade now, and you've had tremendous success on the court, made a bunch of money. But when in your career did you start thinking about how to carry that success over to off the court stuff and, you know, business related, investing related ventures? Yeah. I think it was during COVID and during when I was injured, right? Like I had a foot surgery. I had two foot surgeries on the same foot. So I was out, I've been out for a pretty long time and I was like, man, I can't walk. I got to do something with my time. I can't, I can't just sit around here and twiddle my thumbs watching TV. So, you know, I was already a little bit into NFTs. I just was like, you know, I was a early investor in NBA top shot, like was real interested, did some stuff for them. Uh, this company called Zed Run as well. I did some stuff for them, and they they race horses, which is really <laughs> you think it's you think it's boring, but it's fun. It's it's a real fun. Like you get you get into it. Yeah, you root for your horse, and there's horse racing is exhilarating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, 
and then I was like, okay, like I see people, I started talking to different people who, who were making real money off this. And I was like, you know, I, I just wanted to see what it was like, you know, just to go down that Avenue, just to explore different businesses. And I also think like, even for athletes, like people don't know how much power, not power, but people don't know how much people are willing to work with them, especially if they know what they're doing. Right. Like they'd yeah. be like, oh man, this athlete knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. He can speak for himself. He's not like just, I'm going to throw my money into something and then let it grow, like whatever. But like that to me was the biggest thing. I was like, okay, anything that I really want to do, I have the contacts to do it. I just have to apply myself to it. Like, and that's what really got me going was, you know, being out, being injured and really like, okay, there's other things that I can do other than, you know, put the ball in the hoop. Right. No doubt. And I know more and more athletes are are getting involved in in these kind of spaces. And I'd love for you to kind of put some numbers on it for me. I, I know in what an NFL locker room kind of looks like, but what percentage of NBA players do you think are into crypto, NFTs, metaverse, just kind of Web3 in general? Probably no more than 5%. No more than 5%? Probably no more. Uh, and, and like, there's, there, I can count on the list of hands that everybody... Okay, there might be more guys that have allocated crypto, like Bitcoin and Ethereum... But I think that like if if that like if you're counting like just that, then there's probably about fifteen to twenty percent. That counts because people. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, so then yeah, like I would say about fifteen twenty percent. Don't discredit and, and it's crazy. the Bitcoin maximalists out there. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Believe me, guys. If I could throw a, a a chunk of change at Bitcoin, I would. But yeah, you know, I, I think that's. I think it's just so unfamiliar and people have a hard time understanding it. Right. As soon as it, and that's another thing, once it gets simplified to where like, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. You got to have a hardware wallet or a MetaMask and you got to know how to transfer your money in and out. And you know, all this, all these things that are, you know, if you have a coin, you may have to swap it on another website. And you know what I mean? There's just so many different things that you kind of have to know. And like the questions that people have to show you, like, I remember even for our NFT, like, None of the athletes that I was working with had a MetaMask. I had to show everybody how to do it. You know what really? I mean? And so it's like, it, it takes some time. It's it's not easily accessible. So, you know, I think once that happens too, more people will be into it. Yeah, maybe I'm just used to a larger sample size with, you know, larger teams in, in the NFL. I guess more guys are kind of talking about it. One thing that I think maybe athletes are more accustomed to would be like trading cards, you know, your rookie deals, you're signing, you know, card after card after card to your hand goes numb. And I know that you are involved, you know, the co-founder of a company called Celebrities and Car Breaks. So for, for my listeners who don't know a thing about the in and outs of, of modern card collecting, which has had a major rebound the last couple of years, tell me what you guys do over there at Celebrities and Car Breaks. Yeah. So at Celebrities and Car Breaks, my friend and I, you know, we both collect cards. I started collecting kind of recently when Panini drop their UFC cards. I'm a big MMA guy. So there was like, okay, I can grab everyone's rookie card. You know, it's kind of like the beginning. He collects baseball, basketball, football, you know, pretty much everything. And he actually came up with the idea like, hey, we should start a breaking company. So I was like, you know, let me watch a couple breaks. I've never, you know, I wasn't into it. I okay, just what's liked- a break? Yet de- Define that. What's a break? people. Okay. Yeah. My bad. (laughs) So a break is say if we're on, you know, Instagram live or whatever, whatnot, you know, whatever you go online, you buy cards online and that person who was selling them, they open a pack of cards for you. Right. So say, and again, a different type of engagement with, with athletes, right. We want to take athletes who are, you know, interested in the card game and have them go on a live screen and, you know, buy cards from, we have a, 
someone else who owns our uh, part of our ownership of our business is Blaze Jordan. He's a prospect for the Red Sox, right? So his cards are really big in in, in Bowman first and you know all that stuff. So yeah. he opened cards for a bunch of people, right? And it's like two card you know holders to card lovers. That's a big thing, right? To have a you know have a card that Dude. is ripped by you know someone like Blaze Jordan, right? People will never forget that moment. They can keep that moment. They can record it on their phone. They can keep it forever. And everybody always remembers. It's a weird thing, right? You always remember, like you, you hit a really good card. You remember where you are. You remember what you were doing. You remember, you know, the day you ripped it. Like, so that's what we're trying cool. to do. Yeah. But it's cool, man. I'm addicted to it, man. I, I go on. I watch. I watch people rip cards all day, and you know, hit some of the. Craziest you can get cards. lost down. I mean, you can watch those videos. It's kind of like like unboxing videos where you can just get sucked in the next one. Or like they even have them for kids. It's something in yeah. our neural systems. I something in our brains where like these kids will watch like the unboxing of toys or like the break. Like just it's, yeah, there's something with like it's opening crazy. a deck, not knowing what's next, and then just getting a, an exclusive or a one of one and like the whole chat's going nuts. That's awesome. Yeah. I love hearing that. Okay. We're crushing this right now, but last, I, I just want to kind of get your take. Uh, Cause I know there's a, a lot of young players look to vets like yourself for advice. I mean, it's hard for me to even say, but we're those old vets now in the locker room. Right. And, and, and I know <laughs> yeah, guys no, look up crazy. to you, but what would you tell a young player about kind of expanding your brand and financial portfolio off the court and, and how to make that work for them. I would say like, you know, you always hear the old, oh, the ball stops bouncing or, you know, the knees give out like at, at some point, but you know, it, obviously it's, you know, it's true. Like, you know, you can make all the money in the world playing your sport, but a lot of people, the lifestyle they live, you know, that doesn't hold for, you know, the rest of their life. And when you are playing is the best time where you can reach some of your goals off the court, right? Like it's hard to, you know, be out the league and people answering your phone calls and this and that. But when you're in the league and you are playing, people get back to you with urgency. So like, and, and, and everybody says, you know, it's hard once you're out the league, it's hard to either get back in or, or find, you know, other, other things to do. Like, you know, the best time to do things is, is when you are, you know, active and people can see your face and, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're more willing to work with you then. So, you know, finding things that you like to do outside of sports, you know, obviously don't take that drive, don't take that focus away, but I feel like there's a lot of athletes that are talented in, in other things that could, you know, help them out financially, you know, and not everybody in, in the NFL and the NBA makes 25, $30 million a year. So yeah. that's the advice that I would give them, right? Like, obviously, you know, save your money. Don't, don't do dumb things with it, but there's definitely a lot of opportunity out there. I think that advice is, is perfect and it's spot on too, because having other aspects of your life that, you know, give you value, give you fulfillment, helps you transition from an athlete to, you know, whatever you decide to do post your career to where you're not all tied up in your sport. And that's not the only thing that you've known, you know, right. the more you can do while you're still playing to remain kind of level headed and stay focused, but, but have other avenues where when that sport en ends one day and everything falls out, you have something to, to rely on or to fall back on or to, or to even, you know, keep trajecting towards the top with, uh, because you've kind of been in that space for a while. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. You know? No. Yeah. You're, you're hundred percent right. That transition is, is huge. All right. Well, this podcast is kind of a, a cross section of, of business and sports. So I prepared a little game segment 
in that world. Okay. Okay. You, you've been Let's very lucky in your career to play with and for a number of future Hall of Famers. I, I took to eBay, all right, to find some unique collectibles, and the game is simple. I'm going to give you a buy it now price. And you have to tell me if the item is higher or lower than the price I gave you. Okay. Yeah. Let's see how how well you know skills your, are awful. Your teams. <laughs> Here we go. This is going to be interesting. Ooh, let's do it. Number one, in Milwaukee, you played for head coach Jason Kidd. Right now on mm-hmm. eBay, you can buy his game worn jersey from the '96 NBA All Star Game. Is that price tag higher or lower? Than seventy five hundred dollars. I'll go lower. As a diss to Jason Kidd, uh, it, it, you are correct. <laughs> it is forty nine ninety nine. So pretty much five thousand bucks for a game worn jersey, Jason Kidd. One for one. Good start. All right, number two. Let's do it. While you were on the Bucks, you also played with a young man named Giannis. He turned out to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right now, you can get his select Black Prism Autograph Rookie Card. It's a 101 rated 8 out of 10 by Beckett, which is pretty hard to come by. Higher. Is the price tag <laughs> higher, higher <no. laughs> or lower than $450,000? $450,000? I'm sorry, Yanni. I got to go lower than four hundred. I know it's a one-on-one. You but- were saying higher. I didn't know if you... I know, I know, I know. I didn't know you were going to 450 Gs, though. <laughs> um... Oh man, I don't know though, cause all right, higher than higher, or lower than fifty k. Wait, wait, did you say four hundred and fifty or or? I'm playing games with you now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's higher than. <laughs> I'd go higher than fifty k. It is higher. It's five hundred thousand bucks for that rookie card. Jesus, nutty. We'll give you that. That's that crazy. correct. You, you were saying higher. You you believe in him anyway. <laughs> two for two. I all right, number three in Chicago. You play with Jimmy Butler. Right now, there are 14 different Jimmy Butler bobbleheads available. So is the average mm-hmm. price average price of a Jimmy Butler Bulls bobblehead higher or lower than $40 for a bobblehead? Higher. Just below. 30 bucks on average. Okay. Uh, okay. It kind of ranges 15 all the way up to 90 So there are, there are some. I don't know what would make those yeah i don't know, know why would some be 15 some be 90 scratches but. or scuffs are still in the box i don't know <laughs> true all right we're, we're doing good let's see what else you got you also played with Dwayne wade on that bulls team yeah now there's not a ton of Dwayne wade bulls merch on ebay but i did manage to find one thing a collector's cup they sold this in the arena right when you go to the concession and it holds like 128 ounces of soda like a big boy it's huge okay so mm-hmm. Is this cup, is the price higher or lower than $15? <laughs> Cups are expensive nowadays. These like, are hard <laughs> that's a, That is a tough line. Uh, I'm going to go higher. You're right. $20.99. Just above 15 bucks. That's crazy, though. We're all 128 <laughs> ounces. All right. Finally, we go to Houston, where you played with three future Hall of Famers. First up, another Syracuse product like yourself, Carmelo Anthony. Right now, you can go on eBay and get a signed Carmelo jersey from Syracuse, a Syracuse jersey, limited edition, one of 15 with a Beckett COA. 
Is that price higher or lower than $750 for a Syracuse Carmelo Anthony Drake? <laughs> I'm going to go higher because it, it does have the Beckett grading on there, so I'm going to go higher. You are correct. That does make it higher. $888.88 for some reason. All eights. Yeah. yeah it's, it's lucky. Num- number eight is lucky <laughs> in a lot of culture, eights. so then maybe that's it. Higher. You are yeah. correct. All right, number six. You also play with Chris Paul in Houston who has an alter ego named Cliff Paul in some of his State Farm commercials. So on eBay right now, you can get a limited edition pair of Cliff Paul Argyle Jordan sneakers produced by Nike. Is this price higher or lower than $500? I'm going to go with higher. You are correct. $1,000 for those sneakers. Cliff Cliff Paul. (laughs) Argyle Jordans. There you go. That's crazy. Thousand bucks for those sneakers. All right. Last but not least on that Rockets team, James Harden. And this one is a doozy, okay? Hang on. Right now, you can go on eBay and get a seven-foot-tall James Harden statue. Not like a cardboard cutout or (laughs) or a uh, fathead or whatever. This is a statue, okay? It's bigger than the actual James Harden in real life. It costs $300 to ship. And the product description says you'll need access to a loading dock to receive it. All right. Is the buy it now <laughs> price on eBay higher or lower than $10,000? I got it. <laughs> and would you put it in lower. your entryway in your house? <laughs> <laughs> I got to go lower. And now I'm surprised James hasn't bought it, though. <laughs> put it in his own house. <laughs> <laughs> right. It is actually higher, $12,000 for a larger-than-life statue of James Harden. That's crazy. Would you put a statue of your of yourself in your house? <laughs> no, there's no way. No, no chance. way. No chance. No chance. All right, well, bonus question. Autograph Michael Carter-Williams 76ers jersey. Also on eBay, is it higher or lower than $200? I'm going to go higher, hopefully. <laughs> You are correct. $209.95. Let's go. (laughs) Run it up. Run it up. Someone's going to buy it now, though. I'm going to go push the price up to at least $220 (laughs) for you, okay? All right. If if that was an NFT, you'd be getting royalties from it every time someone else purchases it. Exactly. I don't know. We're on to something here. Exactly. And everybody eats. Everybody eats. Dude, well, that is it for this episode Michael, thanks so much, dude, for joining me. Talking basketball, NFTs, the metaverse, investing, your no experience, problem, dude. That was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Man, Michael, thank you so much for joining me today. Talking basketball, NFTs, the metaverse. That was awesome. If you guys enjoyed the show, please remember to rate and leave a review or subscribe if you haven't already so that you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Matt Barkley, and this has been Making Bread. Making Bread.